Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to Futures Focus. This is a podcast courtesy of Prospects 1500. My name is Alex Sanchez. Join me, per usual, David Gasper. It's good to be back, David. Thanks for holding down the fort last week. I listened to that episode. Very good stuff. Um, appreciate you taking over the reins for a week. But uh, we are back. Um, how are you doing over there? I'm doing good, man. I'm a little stressed out. You know, things are things are getting pretty wild here around the deadline, but uh, things are things are certainly exciting. Certainly after the Brewers take two or three from the White Sox, that's always fun. Um, but yeah, it's, it's doing well. How are you doing over there after, uh, getting Adam Frazier on your, on your Padres? Yeah, I was confused why they wanted Adam Frazier in the first place. Um, we're going to talk about that. I mean, we, I guess we could just jump right into it. What's the point in talking about? <laughs> Nobody really cares about our lives, David. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah what's right? the small talk? Let's get into the prospects. Yeah. Come on. I do want to say I did shoot an 85 and I was extremely proud of that. And, oh, uh, on the front and, nine or the back nine? That, I, I heard your joke. Yes, I heard that <laughs> funny joke. But uh, it was an 85 total, and that's after not golfing for two years, so I was proud of that. But anyway, Adam Frazier coming over to the San Diego Padres. Um, of course, the, the, I couldn't have been about 30 to 40 minutes until um, I had finished my top 50 list for the Padres that that trade was announced, and that's just kind of – how things work, I suppose. Um, but uh, Tukapita Marcano, Jake Sawinski, um, and Michelle Milano are going over to the Pirates in exchange for Adam Frazier, all-star Adam Frazier. So as the uh, as I had just kind of gotten done with the list and, and had these guys fresh in my mind, um, obviously the big prize is Marcano. He got his debut, although it didn't go extraordinarily well for him. The fact that he even made the opening day roster, I think, shows you how high the Padres are and obviously how high the Pirates are on a guy like Marcano, who's going to eventually, when he gets down to it, have a a plus hit tool with the potential to add some speed and some homers as well. Nothing extraordinary, but he's just a solid player who's just about big league ready, and I think that's... Very, very appealing to the Pirates. Um, Sawinski is interesting in that he is more of a power guy. He had a huge jump in my rankings. I think he jumped up from the 30s up into uh, number 18 or 19 for me. Um, I had Marcano at five overall. And so Sawinski was was creeping into the top 15. Granted, the system is not the deepest right now, but still he had a, a big jump for me. I really like the power potential. He's not a nobody. He can easily crack. He, I mean, in that pirates organization, I can, he's going to make their team at some point when they give him a shot. Um, Miliano, I didn't have ranked at all. Um, he's just a reliever prospect. Um, and I, on my lists, uh, I know I always, I get some comments here and there on my list when they're done, but uh, if you're a relieving a reliever prospect I'm I'm very less interested in you than anybody else for fantasy terms I'm sure he's going to be a fine real life asset at some point I think he has the stuff to make it but uh, for me just not a, a fantasy target because you can find bullpen pieces anywhere especially if he has no potential to go to the starting rotation so those are the, kind of the synopsis of those three Padres prospects overall to me I, and David I'll let you speak on this I know I took over the conversation here for a second but um <laughs> that's fine I, I, me, I talked plenty last week yeah for for me this is a little light for Adam Frazier I think that uh I would have expected them to give up more I don't think they would have gotten uh Hassel or anybody on that range um Marcano makes perfect sense but then I would have assumed somebody a little bit higher than Sawinski maybe like a Justin Lange or somebody like that, or Joshua Mears as well for an Adam Frazier. Um, but uh, what were your thoughts on the deal overall when you saw it? Did you think it was a win for the Pirates or a win for the Padres? Yeah, I mean, the prospect return probably is a, a little light, but another thing to, to keep in mind when it comes to, you know, the real-life aspect of this trade is that the Padres are also getting some cash in this deal uh, from Pittsburgh to really kind of, 
cut down on the salary for uh, Adam Frazier. So that they're paying him essentially a league minimum prorated for the rest of the year. Um, so they're not paying him much. And that helps when it comes to their luxury tax uh, threshold, which is something that they're very cognizant of. Um, when, when it comes to adding not only him, but adding other players at the deadline as well, because uh, the Padres are going to be looking to add some more and they're going to end up dealing more guys from your system. So you might want to hold off on uh, on finishing off your top 50. Um, but I mean, that, that's another important aspect of this trade is the money uh, going over to the Padres to help cut down that luxury tax. And, you know, that, you know, having that money come over, uh, that, that's another important thing for for the Padres to remember. Yeah, and I think by adding that part to it, it's definitely like if they were going to pay Frazier um, to play for San Diego, then I would have definitely expected another top 10-ish prospect from the Padres or at least better than Miliano, who I don't have, again, in my top 50. Like, sure, maybe you really like Sawinski, but you still had, you know, you should have still gotten maybe a top, especially in this system. Like when I say yeah. top 15. And they did it early, think. too. Like, like you could have driven a bidding war for a few more days and, and tried to, you know, get something else out of, uh, you know, some of these teams trying to, to get a larger return. So, but, you know, they kind of jumped a little bit early. They must have been super high on Marcano and, and Sawinski. Yeah. I, I know uh, teams are high on Marcano. And again, for fantasy purposes, I don't know if he's the greatest um, you know, if you should view him that highly, but I do know that teams really do like that guy. Um, so, and Frazier is going to be a free agent next year. Is that, am I reading that right? I guess so. Yeah, he's got another year. Really hadn't had much of a track record until this season. So I suppose that probably played into it as well. You look at what he did last year, 230 with seven home runs, of course, in the, the shortened season, but um, just a, a, a slightly above average player and really, in my opinion. So I, I suppose, I guess when you look at it that way, it's not, it's not too crazy, but we do have some more trades to go over. That's kind of going to take over our news and notes section. Um, and then we kind of want to play a little bit of our GM trade game where, uh, we'll try to predict some of the trades moving forward. And then we do have a special guest on today. I should have mentioned that a little bit earlier, but we got right into it. But uh, Tony uh, uh, Spina is coming on today. You know him as Tony Bips or Tony BPS if you read our site, Prospects 1500. Um, he's going to join us and talk about the Phillies' top 50 prospects. So we have another guest coming on. We've had some guests coming on lately, huh, David? We're getting popular. Yeah. yeah so there you go. Anyway, um, let's talk about two of the other trades. And again, like you said, David, you're probably right. We're going to have trades that are announced as soon as I press the stop button here on my recording. But one trade that happened now about a week or so ago was the Jock Peterson deal for the Braves. It was simply Jock Peterson in exchange for Bryce Ball. And again, as a Braves fan, I will go ahead and take this one to start and then get your thoughts on it. But the Braves are in a position where they're just trying to upgrade slightly and see if they should be going for it. There are, I, I think, two sides of the fan base that would say, let's just, I mean, without Acuna, what really is the ceiling of this team? I'm kind of in that camp. Sure, it would be nice to make the playoffs without him. I don't see this team, you know, making it to the World Series or even close to that. So you kind of just eat this year and, and maybe trade off your Charlie Morton or your Drew Smiley. I'm kind of in that camp. So when I saw this trade and I, it was one of the guys that I really like, but more of a cult love than I would say like a realistic love. And that was Bryce Ball. I want him to succeed so, so badly when he was with the Braves. I just don't know if he's ever going to. He's a power only, first baseman only, been struggling this year. Um, and to get Jock Peterson, I mean, that's a professional hitter. I'm never really given a chance to hit lefties. The Braves are giving him a chance to hit lefties now. Um, he's been fine. He's hit a you know a couple home runs for them. Looks good. Definitely not the leadoff hitter that Acuna was, but it's definitely better than Abraham Almonte, which was getting rolled out there on a daily basis. So, uh, what were your thoughts on that trade there? Yeah, it was it was very inter interesting uh, to me that I mean, first of all, the Cubs sold on on Peterson that early. Um, and what they got, I mean, Bryce Ball, yeah, I mean, power, power only. I mean, incredible raw power. I mean, 6'6", 240, uh, can hit the ball a mile um, if he makes contact. 
which is a big if. Um, he's he's got huge swing and miss concerns. Um, you know, he, he's someone that you know if he can make contact enough and stop striking out enough to make use of that power, you know, he could be a, a solid player. Um, but I mean, that, that's someone that you know you're really um, it, it's really kind of boomer bust uh, with someone like that. And I, I mean, in some ways, I mean, it's Jock Peterson. He's a platoon guy. Yet, like, yeah, he's a professional hitter, but he is kind of a platoon bat. Um, that can be coming off the bench uh, for the Braves. So in reality, they're they're not really giving up much. Um, and, and you know the the Cubs, it's going to be hard to get much more um, than than that for Jock Peterson. Maybe you could have you know squeaked out a flyer on a low level arm along with Bryce Ball. You know get a low level low level pitcher with. Um, but you know overall, it's. It's kind of whatever, you know, it's not really an earth shaking trade. No, not at all. And uh, it probably uh, I would say the Braves probably got out ahead on that in terms of just pure value. Um, it's just I, I question why why half ass it? Like if you're going to really upgrade this outfield, <laughs> then go go and upgrade it or don't do anything and trade some of the guys that you could now. So we'll see. The Braves have a huge series here with the Mets. And uh, that'll that'll dictate whether they're buyers or sellers. And there's a few teams that are like that. I mean, the Indians come to mind. The Phillies come to mind that they're right there. And this week, I guess they're going to just kind of go to the end here and, and we'll see. Uh, but that does bring us to the other big trade. And that was a bigger name, um, more of a proven star. Uh, Nelson Cruz was traded. And he's, he looks weird in a Rays uniform, but uh, that's where he was traded to. He was uh, dealt in exchange for two pitchers, Joe Ryan and Drew Strotman. Um, I, uh, I'll let you take the lead on this one, and then I'll maybe fill in the, the thoughts that I have after. What were your uh, thoughts on this deal? Yeah, I mean, th- this deal is pretty um, interesting. I mean, it, you know, it seemed kind of, you know, made sense to move Nelson Cruz. And, you know, Tampa Bay is not really kind of the organization I would think he would have gone um, but that's uh, that, that, that's where he is. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the, the Twins get a couple of arms and, you know, arms from the Tampa Bay Rays system uh, typically are pretty good. Um, they, they got a really good uh, pitching development system over there. Strotman, um, you know, he, he's 24, a little bit a little bit on the other side. But, I mean, he's got uh, a whole bunch of pick, pitches, very large uh, pitch mix, um, has, a, has a pretty solid uh, cutter and slider uh, to go along with this fastball. Um, that's, you know, pretty, uh, pretty solid. He's also got really good, really good command, really good control. Doesn't walk many guys. Um, so that's uh, another positive there. Tommy John guy. Um, but you know, he's someone that, uh, you know, could potentially be a really, really solid dude. Um, you know, potentially could be in the, in the, uh, starting rotation, um, going forward. So it's just kind of, you know, getting, getting the time, getting the development time and, and getting the opportunity uh, to succeed in that role. Yeah. And the thing about this trade is Strotman and Ryan are, they're basically ready right now. We're going to see them for the twins this year. I mean, I don't, I don't see why they wouldn't do that. Um, Joe Ryan is probably more of the well-known guy in terms of dynasty leagues, but Drew Strotman is a guy I've been able to pick up in dynasty leagues as well. So if you're in need of pitching, He's a guy that will be up at some point for Minnesota. I don't see how uh, he wouldn't with uh, what the Twins are obviously doing now is in selling off and seeing what they have for next year. So uh, those two are ready. I think Joe Ryan's probably the more exciting long-term guy, but I believe Strawman's probably going to be up sooner, and uh, he's probably going to have, uh, you know, we'll see what he does. You, ne- you never know with rookies, but it's an interesting deal there. So uh, it is that time of year. It's trade season. So there haven't been too many trades i mean we went over the three big ones yet so honestly what do you think are we going to see is this the calm before the storm or is it just going to be calm and kind of uh mellow out as we approach july 31st oh no this is a calm before the storm there there's going to be a lot more deals to be made as you know teams kind of make decisions um you know i mean this year teams are finally getting 
uh, their first looks at prospects in, in quite a while. I mean, last year it was a little bit tamer at the deadline because no one had seen most of these prospects um, all season. No one had had seen them in such a long time, and evaluations can change and prospects can change you know, so much um, in, in a whole year without a season. Uh, but this year, I mean, we've had, you know, a full minor league season for the most part. Um, you know, it was delayed by a month, but we've had several months of scouts being able to get looks at guys and see where they're at and uh, what changes they've made and how they've improved and gotten better or gotten worse. Um, so they have good looks at these prospects now and updated scouting reports. So I think you're going to see more teams uh, a little bit uh, willing to do so. You know, we got a pretty solid um, class of defined sellers, defined buyers. There are a few teams that are on the fence, but I mean, for the most part, you got a a pretty solid group that's going to lead to, uh, I, I think, a pretty decent amount of movement over the next couple of days. Yeah, I think you convinced me. I I, I didn't know which way I was going to lean towards that answer, but I think you're right. Um, if we had a kind of a below uh, average activity trade deadline last year, I would imagine it would be the opposite this year. Teams are it's just the I think the biggest thing is that teams just need to know if they're in or if they're out. And I think that's what's delaying everything. I think there's probably deals that are ready to go and teams are just saying, hey, let's see how uh, we want to see how we do this week. And if we lose, you know, four or five games, let's pull the trigger on this deal. I think we're going to see that. Um, we still have five more days. So I'm sure we're going to see a bunch of trades here right at the last minute. All right, let's go ahead and take a break right now. And when we return, we're going to welcome on Tony Spina. He is our writer for the Philadelphia Phillies here on Prospects 1500. And we're going to discuss his recently released top 50 prospects. So a lot to go over. Stay tuned. And afterwards, keep listening because David and I are going to conduct some exercises where we do some mock trades with uh, potential rumors that we've heard flying around. So still a lot more to come, but we're going to take a break right now and we'll be right back after this. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And we are back. Alex Sanchez here. David Gasper joining me right now. Tony Spina, also known as uh, Tony Bips or Tony BPS, if you read the articles on Prospects 1500. But he's here today to talk about the Phillies top 50 prospects. Tony, how's it going with you today? Pretty good, Alex. Thank you, man. Pretty good. How about you guys? We're doing fantastic. Trade deadline is making things quite interesting over here as you uh you heard earlier on the podcast lots of prospects probably on the move or have at least been on the move the last couple of days it's been awfully quiet though to be honest but uh, i'm sure the storm is coming in the next couple of days or so but tony thanks for coming on we're here to talk about your philadelphia phillies 2021 uh, mid-season top 50 update of course this is our bread and butter at prospects 1500 this is where we get our name of course there are 30 teams we each do our top 50 prospects that's where we get the name in case you ever didn't quite get that one but if you did welcome <laughs> uh you got the full effect now but uh, why don't you give us an overview here on the system uh where it's at where it maybe was coming from and anything you'd like to add before we get into some specific players yeah definitely um the system, it's not as highly touted as it was in previous years. It's no secret. You know, a lot of graduations, uh, Boehm, Howard, um, Kingery, a couple years ago. A couple of people haven't really panned out as well, some trades, but it's um, it, it's getting better. A lot of talent in the, in the low minors. Um, you know, you still have Abel. Still have a couple of players in the higher levels. They, uh, they didn't really pan out based on some uh, little less than stellar drafts. Uh, the recent draft, though, they they did really well. Really happy with what they did in this draft. 
um, getting Painter, Wilson, uh, Vieres, Pena. We'll talk about them later, but um, it, it's on the upswing. You know, a lot of people are, are down on them, but it, it's on the upswing. There's some talent, a lot of toolsy players, especially up the middle. Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, jump into the, the top of the list here a little bit. We'll spend some time on these guys, and maybe we'll rapid fire it here at the end. But honestly, when I opened up your list, I was a little surprised to see Mick Abel at uh, in the tier one. I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't know where I would rank him on my top 100. I don't think he made our top 100 draft, David. Did he? I don't think so. Um. Let me let me try and pull. Yeah, pull that up. Head. But as you as you pull that up, not that that's relevant to anything <laughs> whatsoever. But uh, Tony, uh, defend the Mick Abel case as a tier one player. Um, good good prep pitcher. You know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of bad luck, I guess you could say, with with prep pitchers. Um, but Abel um strikes out a lot of batters. Um, he's got some high walks, of course, but that, that's expected with a young pitcher. Um, he has good control, though, of uh, four or five pitches. Um, had some rough games so far, but so far this year, I think he's got about 14 games in, about 44 innings, 66 strikeouts. Um, hasn't given up that many hits. I think he's only given up about 25 hits, so he's not that hittable. It's just if he can control those walks, um, he, he, he's going to be a frontline pitcher. Yeah, you're a little – Got a good practice. Your, your tweet that you included on the website was kind of exactly what you're saying. Five innings, zero hits allowed, eight Ks, and then the four walks to go with it. So in your mind, right. is he is he a top of the rotation pitcher then, a, a one or a two? I Yeah, I could say one. If not a one, definitely a two. Definitely a strong two. So when it comes – so, okay, you got Mick, Mick Abel there, uh, tier one, number one guy in that system. Then you go down to – uh, tier two, uh, you got another kind of big uh, early draft pick, Bryson Stott. as uh, the number two prospect in the system. Uh, you had him at number three back in January. Um, just kind of moving up as, you know, as, as you mentioned, graduation's happening. Uh, Bryson Stott, I mean, that dude, that dude hits, man. That's that, that's just kind of the important thing, right? He just hits. Right, right. He hits, been getting on base. He's hit everywhere he's been. Um, you know, you're, he not, you're not going to see 30 home runs from him. You're not going to see 30, 40 steals, but he's going to help you across the board. Um, I could see him being a potential 2020 guy. He'll help you more in on-base leagues, of course. Um, advanced hitter, he's 23, came from UNLV. Uh, good friends with Bryce Harper. I don't know if that's going to help his baseball career, but um, <laughs> he's, you know, he's got confidence, and he's been hitting since they drafted him. So I, I see him uh, hopefully coming up maybe next year. Is he someone that's going to stick at shortstop, or do you think he's more of a second baseman going forward? Um, I guess it depends on the need. He could play both spots. Plays obviously plays shortstop a little better, but he could swing over to second if they need him there. With uh, they got there, they got uh, Gregorius and Segura there, so he could replace either one of them if he has to. Yeah. And right below Stott, you have a guy that I feel like has been around for a while now, and Francisco Morales. Um, number three. That's pretty high on a top 50 list. Now, again, granted, this, as you mentioned, isn't perhaps the strongest system in the big leagues. But at three is still pretty high. I had kind of just wrote him off prior to, I don't know, maybe a year ago even. Um, should I get back? Uh, should he be back on my radar? And uh, what do you th- think the ETA is for him? Cool question. Um, he should be. You know, he, he's only 21. He's been around. He's been in the system for quite a while. Um, he, he has such, uh, so many strikeouts. He could strike out so many batters per, per inning. Um, his problem, of course, what I just said about Abel is his command, but his last, I think it's about his last eight starts. He's, he's been very dominant. It takes him a while. Notice it's taken him a while once he gets promoted, um, to, to adapt. So it takes him a little while. So, you know, he's in double A now. If they put him up in triple A, you're going to expect some growing pains. But once he gets comfortable, it's he, he his numbers are skewed by the, the worst starts in the beginning. Big kid, throws fire. He, uh, you know, I, I could see a solid three when he goes up, when he when he gets up in the majors, he gets comfortable. And then dropping down to a number four guy on the list here, one, one of the you know, pretty big risers. He was at number 11 in your January ranking, and now he jumps up to number four, Johan Rojas. 
young player, you know, pretty raw, but a lot of talent in there, it seems. Mm-hmm. Very. He's an exciting player. Um, good combination, speed, power, uh, plays a good defense, uh, brings a lot of enthusiasm to the game. Started his career off a little later, um, but he's hit the ground running with uh, with low A right now. Um, exciting player. You know, it's, I, I heard somebody, this is not me, but I heard somebody saying he could, if you have to really dig deep and really look with uh, rose-colored glasses, he could be their Acuna. Is oh. it going to happen? Probably not. But um, if you're going to take a gamble on someone in the low minors, I would definitely say with Rojas. Well, Alex, your thoughts on yeah. uh, Johan Rojas possibly yeah, my, being uh, the next Acuna there? My ears perked up quite a bit there. I mean, 20 years old uh, at low A, that's about that's about age appropriate. So I'm, I'm going to have to check him out. I don't know too much about him, to be honest. But yeah, big riser. Good call on that, David. Um, so I'll have to, to keep him in mind. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts here on your number five player, Andrew Painter, just recently drafted 13th overall. And I'm getting more and more acclimated to this year's draft and getting to know some of these players, but I still don't know everybody. And Andrew Painter probably qualifies as one of those guys. So what can you tell us as kind of a quick intro on this guy? And uh, was it a good pick, in your opinion, at 13 overall? I liked it. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, big kid, prep prep pitcher, just like Abel last year. They run to the well again, second year in a row with a prep pitcher. Um, mid-90s, go command. He's obviously a couple of years away. He's only 18. But if him and Abel continue to develop, they can have a, a strong one-two punch at the top of the rotation in a couple of years. But I like the pick. Okay. Then you kind of drop down. We got tier three starting with the with the sixth overall pick. Uh, you got a pretty advanced college player in Casey Martin um, who can kind of play, you know, a bunch of different positions. Um, but, you know, he's someone that could um, that, that could be moving up as, as an advanced uh, college guy. Exactly. Um, they got him. Uh, I think he was a second or third round pick. Uh, they There were talk about him going in the first round when he was drafted last year. But uh, his defense wasn't really up to par and he started. His last year in college, he started striking out more than than he did in previous years. Um, he's he's got a little bit of pop. He hasn't showed it yet this year. He only has one home run, but he has uh, 11 steals. Gets on base. He's got about a 360 on base percentage right now, batting about 280, which isn't bad considering he was just promoted um, from rookie ball to low A. It's his first taste in low A. But he, a toolsy kid he can play all over the place. I like him. Yeah, I have him as a third rounder last year 2020 so um interesting yeah, yeah I, I i i've kept a, an eye on him a little bit so i'm i'm liking what you say about him yeah not the highest ceiling perhaps but um um that brings us here to number seven and number eight two guys that had huge jumps and um i wanted you to kind of discuss them and why they took a big jump um we have here i'm gonna mispronounce this name but yoshar hoshvar <laughs> Garcia. <laughs> um, there you go. Yeah. There you go. And Matt Verling uh, jumped up from 18 and 20, respectively, to seven and eight. So if you could go over maybe why you uh, pulled the trigger on bumping those guys up so high. All right. Garcia, before the seed, he didn't play any. He didn't play at all. He played a, a very little bit in rookie ball. But this year, um, it, what I, just like I wrote, this is an example of what he could do. The first two games, he stole five bases, tripled. Um the guy's got speed. Um, he's he's so similar to Johan Rojas and their tools, what they bring to the game. Um, young kid, 19. Uh, first game, like I said, I think he stole four bases his first game. The confidence is there. Um, very toolsy. Uh, I think he can make the jump. I think he may possibly hit double A later this year if he continues what he's been doing. like him a lot. Um, Verling, he struggled in 2019. I, I was pretty hot on him before that, had a really bad 2019, but he looked good last year at the um, with the team in the in the camps. Um, he's having a great year now with, with the minors. They promoted him. Um, he didn't look overmatched at all. It was only about six or seven at-bats, but he wasn't overmatched at all in the major leagues. Um, advanced kid, I think he was a fifth or sixth round pick out of Notre Dame. Um, he's another one I think could be a 2020 type of player. He's not going to be a superstar by any means but 270 average 2020 kind of kid. 
Hey, David, if Rojas is Acuna, that Garcia sounds like Hedbert Perez a little bit to me. <laughs> oh, now we're starting that praise? I <laughs> know, oh, man. And that, that's a whole tier above. No, I'm just kidding. But, yeah. I don't know. It, it could definitely uh, definitely be interesting. Very, a lot of talent. A lot of talent in there. Um, then kind of dropping down to number nine here, you got another 2021 draft pick, your second rounder uh, for the Phillies, Ethan Wilson out of South Alabama. I really like this kid coming in the draft. I like him more. You know, I liked him as a second rounder. I think that was pretty good value. Um, you know, another guy that can hit uh, has some power, um, you know, might be relegated to a corner defensively, but you know, he can, he can swing it. Right. Right. I mean, I, I was I was a little surprised he went he lasted until the second round. Um, but like you said, um, corner outfielder with with power, he's got a good eye. Um, and if they adopt the the DH in the in the National League, it, he, he's perfect. So I'm not sure why he dropped that that far. But I'll take it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to move down now a little bit further, and uh, David, feel free to, if I'm skipping over any of these guys that you wanted to talk about, go for it. But I really want to talk about Jamari Baylor. Um, he looks like a stud if you were just kind of looking at him, you know, taking ground balls or swinging on the on-deck circle, um, but uh, I'm not sure how it's translating into real games. So uh, what do you think about Jamari uh, Baylor, the shortstop um, there at number 15 for you? I, I think I'm just going to repeat myself a bit like what I said about uh, about Rojas and Garcia um, speed and power um, has some he has some strikeout concerns to put it lightly, but he, he's an exciting player. If he could put it all together, he's still only 20. He, uh, he was hurt to start the season, but plays up the middle. Good second base shortstop, um, predominantly shortstop. But if he could put his uh, if he could put it together, he could be a good player. And then the uh, next one I really kind of want to move to here. I mean, we're dropping down into, into Tier 4 now. But I want to talk about a guy who really not that long ago seemed like one of the Phillies' top prospects, and that was Adonis Medina, uh, now 24 years old. Uh, you had him at 7 in January. Uh, now he drops down to 16. And, and the, you know, before last year, I'm pretty sure he was higher than 7. So uh, what's going on with the drop with Adonis Medina? He's, you know, he, he's just not doing it. Um, he's been struggling again. He struggled in 2019. Didn't look so good in the organizational camps last year. Um, not looking too good this year. It's, it seems like once he gets past the, 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 uh, the lineup, <laughs> sorry about that. I was thinking the lineup, once he gets past the lineup the first time it, uh, it falls apart. He, he, is he better off as a reliever? I, I don't know. Maybe come in for a lights out eighth or ninth inning kind of guy. Maybe, but um, gives up a lot of hits. He's given up uh, or the hit per inning. Um, has him striking out guys like he used to. He just, he's just struggling. I don't know if he's ever going to put it together as a starter. So the left-handed version kind of, of Adonis Medina is Eric Miller, who also is seeing a drop of seven spots. Um, it sounds like his problem is not so much getting hit, but with command, as he has uh, a lot of strikeouts, as you mentioned, on your list. So of those two, who are you more optimistic about moving forward if you had to pick from those two, even though they are fallers in your ranks? Um, I hate to be the, the, the kind of person who says who picks the shiny new toy, but I want to go with Miller, I think. Um Brings more, brings more to the mound. Has more, strikes out more batters. Um, if he could work on that command a little bit, um, Medina. Maybe it's just fatigue with keep seeing him and seeing him, but but not seeing uh, improvement. But Miller, um, I, th- I think if I had to pick between the two, I think I would go with Miller now. All right, then he drop down a little bit further. Oh, oh good. Okay. Um, dropping down a little bit further now to number 20, uh, you got another, got another draft pick here talking about Jordan Viars, the, the outfielder out of high school, third round pick this year. And, and this is someone that, uh, you know, for a third round, uh, could be an absolute steal for Philly. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's a high school kid, so he has a lot of, a lot of development, a lot of time before he actually even sniffs the majors, but 
I mean, the kid batted 464 with a, a almost a 1.7 OPS. Um, good arm in the outfield, good approach at the plate uh, from Texas, which, you know, it's a baseball, uh, good baseball city, state. I mean, um, you know, I laughed because the Phillies, they said once they picked him, they had a few other teams actually text him that said, you know, you, you saw our guy, you saw our guy, which could be good confirmation bias. So we'll see what happens with him. I want to get into a rapid fire here, but before we do, I just I have to know what your uh, perception of number 36, former number one overall prospect, number one overall draft pick, and Mickey Moniak. Um, he didn't. I mean, he fell for you again from, but he was at 29 to 36. What What do we make about this guy? I mean, is that one of the worst first overall picks in history, or are we we have optimistic <laughs> over there? No, I mean, I, I could see him as a, as a fourth outfielder, a, a bench guy. That's why he'll be in tier, tier four. Uh, he got called up to the majors. Uh, I think he's batting like like 110 right now in the minor leagues. Um, he, you know, they picked him. It, it's a shame. Number one pick. But they picked him so they can, I think it was, they, they could pay him under slots so they can get Kevin Gowdy. So there's a more that goes into it why they didn't pick Senzel or Anderson or Puck or whoever else. Um, he, he's not stealing bases this year. Like he was, he he's, he's getting more power, but I mean, at triple A, it's, it's more of a hitter's park, that park. So, oh, I, I, I could see more of a, a fourth outfielder. Nothing that's really going to impact your fantasy team. <laughs> no, Alex, didn't, uh, didn't the Rangers <laughs> or someone take Matt Bush over Justin Verlander? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there's, yeah, there's I, I think that might be the worst one. And when you talk about when you talk about signing under slot so you can get guys later, that I mean that is something that we'll never really understand. And uh, we forget this here. Yeah, exactly. And so like you know teams will do that from time to time. So it's not you can't really hold teams that way if they have a plan in place. Um, But uh, yeah, still you don't get the number one overall pick all the time. Um, So but anyway, let's go on. Let's move on to a. Kind of a rapid fire here. Um, let's just have you go over some guys that maybe we haven't talked about that, you know, David and I aren't Philly system experts by any means, but maybe guys that we should start kind of monitoring, taking notes of. Um, and please don't talk about Luke Williams. That guy hit that walk off against the Braves earlier. <laughs> that was, don't talk about him. But um, anybody else is on the table. So uh, we'll give you the floor, just maybe two or three, four, somewhere in that range of guys that we should be paying attention to that we haven't talked about. All right. Let's uh, start with number 12, Jalen Ortiz. Uh, He was one of our players of the week. Just the tweet went out about an hour ago, players of the week. Um, He was signed the same IFA period as uh, Soto and uh, Tatis. Uh, Phillies gave him like four and a half million. Struggled. But this year he's he's like he's on fire. Um, the six home runs the last week, uh, showing a much better average and on base percentage. Uh, struggled a little in 2019, but I think he's finally going to put it together. I could see him moving up in the uh, going up even higher than 12, the next ranking. So keep your eye on him. A lot of people are down on him, but there's there's still a lot of potential there. Playing for uh, uh, the Jersey Shore Blue Claws. That's pretty sweet. But he has 18 home runs this year. I just clicked on him. So very good. Good one to mention there. I, I, I'll keep I've, I've recognized his name for a while now as well. But uh, yeah, he, I didn't know he was having this breakout season this year. So good to know. Yep. Uh, next guy, a little lower. He's in low A. Uh, guy I'm pretty high on. I mean, Baron Radcliffe. He is he's with the low A team. He was number 21 on my list. He's batting maybe 190 right now, but his on-base percentage is a 400. The guy is is a stud at the plate with his with with the walks and the power, monster power. Um, I, I mean, rose-colored glasses, maybe Adam Dunn light, but he's he, I I don't know why he's batting so low, but the guy gets on base and can he can really smoke the ball. Keep an eye on him. Um. We're talking about somebody a little closer to the majors. We got number looking for him. Raphael Marchand, uh, catcher, good hitting catcher. Want to grow into a little bit of a power 
um, he's he's blocked by Real Muto, of course, but can always go to another organization. Maybe I would hate to see them trade him, especially if the DH comes where Real Muto can slide over. But yep, he's number ten. Um, should back up permanently next year, replace Nap as the backup. But he good hitter. He's got a good approach at the plate. If he develops some power, you're looking at a 300 hitter with maybe 15 home runs at your catcher spot, which is pretty good for fantasy. Um, a little deeper, we're going to go with somebody with a similar name, Rafael Marcano. He's number 30, 21, 21-year-old kid, uh, low A ball, pitching well, getting get the strikeouts, uh, limiting the, the contact, limiting the walks. Um, had a good year last year, in the, two years ago in the rookie league, but I think he's one to keep an eye on also. Excellent, Tony. Well done. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to be honest. This is one of the systems that I, I probably know the least out of all of them. <laughs> um, but uh, I think I learned quite a bit, um, especially since they have the next Acuna and the next Hedbert Perez. So we definitely need to. And Adam Dunn. Yeah, and Adam Dunn, a light, Adam Dunn light. So there, I mean, I've really liked Bryson Stott for when the moment he was drafted. I think he is um, a pretty special talent. Good to know about. Mick Abel at, at tier one. Um, so, I mean, with those, with combining him with Andrew Painter, um, it's fantastic. So, uh, Tony, thanks for coming on. Anything you wanted to wrap up with the system before we let you go? No, no. I had a lot of, a lot of fun. Good, good time. Good talking about the guys. And hopefully, you know, some of these guys pan out. But we'll see in a couple of years. Absolutely. As is the same for every system. But uh, that's pretty much going to do it for us this week. Tony, again, thank you for coming on. Um, did you want to share Anything? Um, I know you, you probably spent some time on the list. Uh, I don't know if you have anything else coming up, but uh, maybe your Twitter Twitter handle or anything else that you're working on baseball wise. Yeah, Twitter handle Tony Bips one at uh, on Twitter. Um, baseball. The next next article coming out will be next month. We're going to look at the prospects that just missed the top fifty. All right, Tony. Thank you again so much for coming on. We are going to take another break here, and then when we return, David and I are going to be conducting a few mock trade negotiations with teams around the league and some of the prospects that you might see in these deals coming in the next couple of days. So stay tuned. We will be right back after this. And we are back. David Gasper, Alex Sanchez with you. Special thanks again to Tony for coming on. That was great. But now, a little bit of a fun exercise, I'd imagine. We're going to go ahead and try to mimic these GMs and see what kind of trades that they might be looking at, what they value their players, and what they might be valuing other players at. So, um, David, why don't you uh, go ahead and take the first shot? Do you want to be a buyer or a seller first? Um, I'll be a buyer first. Okay, so you are going to be the New York Yankees. I'm going to be the Colorado Rockies. And you're going to be calling me about shortstop Trevor Story. So let's go ahead and uh, see if we can work out a deal here. Uh, I'll let you kind of pick the prospects you, uh, you're you looking at. All right. All right, so I'm calling Colorado. Hey, Colorado, how would you like Clint Frazier? <laughs> <laughs> And that is how everything starts when it comes to every single Yankees trade proposal on anyone, or at least from what I've seen on Twitter, everyone's like, hey, let's give him Clint Frazier. Um, but I'm just, I'm sick of that. Um, okay. So I'm I'm offering up uh, for Trevor Story, a free Trevor agent Story. to be. A free agent to be. We understand that over here in Colorado. We're not going to be, you know, asking for Jason Dominguez. We're not going to be asking for that yeah. unless you want to give us that straight up, which we would do. Man, they couldn't even they they barely asked for Austin Gomber for Nolan Arenado. I don't trust that organization to to ask wasn't that for. The, wasn't that the old regime though? Didn't they fire all those guys? I mean, the the, the interim <laughs> guy now is is one of the guys that was still there. I um, tell you what, tell you what, New York, we we got a trade story. There's no doubt about it. So we're just going to go right into here. I want. Oswald Peraza, I want Austin Wells, and I want Josh Smith, as well as Kevin Alcantara. Those four will get you Trevor Story. No way. Okay. For a rental? That's, okay. Nah. Nah, I'm, I'm not doing that. 
as, as high on Brian Cash. Okay, okay. Well, All right. A counter uh, offer. All right, I will. I will offer up. Um, let's see. Offer up Ezekiel Duran uh, and TJ Sikama for Trevor Story. For Trevor Story. How many home runs does uh, your shortstop currently have right now? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. Glybear? Glybay? I think he has six. Performing really well for you. Why don't we uh, bump up? We need at least one high higher profile name if we're going to. I mean, okay, Austin Wells and Peraza, getting both, that was a pipe dream. But can we do one of those guys? All right. All right. We can do one of those guys. We can, we can do, you know what? I'm, I'm pretty confident in, in the New York Yankees ability to sign um, Trevor's story uh, long-term, even though we're currently only buying for a rental, but when when it comes to free agency, we can, we can, we can sign him. So uh, we we can, we can do Peraza, you know, the double A shortstop there. We could, we could have him be, um, be be your headliner. Excellent. And that will our fans are so stupid. They they'll believe anything. That's oh, we're replacing our shortstop with a shortstop. That's perfect. Okay, so we're not getting wells <laughs> wells from you. Um obviously, we're going to have to go and we need a, a couple more guys too. Could you throw in Clark Schmidt too? Sure. Sure. Okay. I can I can throw in Clark Schmidt. All right, beautiful. And then how about a couple of lower level guys like um how about alcantara i mean i i, I do like him can we throw him mm, in alcantara I, I, I also like alcantara well you're gonna like all your guys aren't you <laughs> obviously or, um, okay okay what about uh, uh how about let, let's let's do we're close. um how about throw in Beckway and call today all right i think that's that's Reasonable. We can do that. Let's do it. All right. I think that's a that's so obviously the the main prize would be Peraza and Schmidt's a, he's no slouch although there's a lot of question marks about it but I think that's yeah, about Andy's already 25. Yeah. I mean he's yeah that's appropriate it's, for story. I th- well it's probably a little light now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. No. I, I can't imagine the. Yankees I mean, he he is a rental. Like rentals don't bring back as no, much they don't. as yeah. they used to. Yeah, you could. I mean, he is nice that you can um, qualify him though, so you'll get that. That's worth yeah. something. There's not a lot of guys that are guaranteed reject your qualifying offer guys, and he's one of them. So you get a first round pick too. I think that probably is why I would. Yeah, you, like, you have to like, do better than the comp pick in yeah. order for for them to trade him. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, I think that meets that standard. I think both teams, I think the Rocky Sanders would probably be a little upset with that just because they probably don't have Peraza very high, but I'm very high on Peraza. Things he's doing at his age in double A is incredible right now. I think that would be a huge get for a rental. So, okay, so we got Peraza, Schmidt, and Way for yep. Trevor Story. There you go. Write it down. That's what it's going to take, Yankees fans. All right. Um, if this ends ahead, up happening, I swear. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and uh, we'll let you be a buyer now, and we'll let you be your beloved Brewers. Yeah. And All right. uh, we're going to be the uh, – actually, wait. Let me take that back. I want to be a buyer because you were just the buyer, right? Yeah. So I want to be a buyer. I'll, we'll come back to you on that one. Um, I'm the Giants. Okay. I'm the Giants. I need some – I'm calling Texas. Hey, Texas. Howdy. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right. Hey, uh, you know, over here in, in San Francisco, um, don't really know how we're doing this, um, but we're in first place. And we uh, we want to stay in first place, and we're going to need some some offense. So you got a guy over there, Joey Gallo. Would you be uh, interested in trading him over here to San Francisco for the right price? Okay. Um, you want to start off with a, a potential headliner you want, and we can let you know if they're uh, off limits or not. 
Yeah, yeah, I think we can. I think we can do that. All right. So for for the Texas Rangers, um, I think for I mean you're getting uh, a couple years of Gallo here. You you got some control uh, over Joey Gallo, a Gold Glover, big time power guy. Um, so in return, uh, we would like Hunter Bishop, Luis. Matos <laughs> and and another arm. Let, let's go. Let's go. Tristan Beck. Uh, okay, so let's going big. I, I need some outfielders. You're taking my best outfielder. Let's, let's um, so sure I, I need some outfield prospects. Here. You do know that uh, we get one and a half years of Gallo, right? He'll, yes. he'll be a free agent. So okay, we're on the same page of that. So. Uh, we're not going to be giving up Mato, uh, Matos and Bishop. I could give up Bishop. Could give up Bishop? I give up Bishop. Okay. I'll give you Beck as well. And I'll throw okay. in I'll throw in Kyle Harrison, who's close. Close to the big leagues. Closer than you think, I bet. And the 19-year-old. Yeah, he's close. He's He's polished. Remember? He's a polished guy. He's ready to go. He'll be up for you. All right. Okay, maybe he's not, but uh, he's polished. <laughs> he's polished. And uh, we'll throw in Will Wilson. So you get Will Wilson. You're going to get Kyle Harrison. You're going to get Hunter Bishop. And you're going to get Tristan Beck. That's hmm. a lot. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a fairly solid deal. Um... Yeah. What are your thoughts on, on Kyle Harrison versus Sean Hagel? Uh, I think Kyle Harrison is much better. Much better? Yes. That, I mean, um, Hagel is, uh, is, is if, I mean, you can, you can have him if you would like instead of Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that was just me kind of asking just, general, yeah. your thoughts no, on, I think, on one versus I, the other. I think, I think that deal um, is definitely an good deal for the rangers i think it's uh, yeah Lions fans are probably yelling at me but um i'm a little bit lower on bishop now so that's kind of why i think luciano and matos are untouchable uh probably i I figured you wouldn't give up on matos i mean i i know you're high on him that that's why i included him in the initial proposal yeah um but bishop's a great name though it's definitely a headliner type of name kyle harrison is a you know a recently drafted uh, yeah. high, high pick that shows a lot of potential. Um, yeah. And I mean, Julio Ramos is also up there in, you know, kind of that same kind of group of outfield prospects for them, but he's a little bit closer, um, closer to helping out the Giants. So I, I feel like that's someone that they would not part with either. Yeah. I think that makes sense. If, if they're looking for upgrades, getting Gallo and having Ramos come up makes a lot of sense. So Bishop is a, is a really good name in a trade exercise like this. Cause yeah. if the giants might know something, they obviously know the most about Bishop right now. We, we just haven't seen him this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if teams are still scouting him as if he is, you know, I had, you know, top 50 ish type of prospect and the giants are not viewing him like that, that, that could work out for some teams. So um, that's definitely a, a good name to try. And Will Wilson's no slouch either. Another, yeah. um, another decent prospect. So I think that's a really good deal for the, the Rangers there. Yeah. All right. So, so we had Bishop Harrison Wilson and Beck. Yeah. I think, I think that's a huge deal for the Rangers. I probably got fleeced there, but I think the Giants need need those need that bat. So, and there's not a lot of other bats that fit so well into their lineup like that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on. Let's go. Let's let's have you be the Brewers. Then you'll be the buyer. Um, All right. I'll be uh, the Minnesota Twins. I've heard this rumor going around. I think that Gala one was something we kind of just made up. Um, it makes sense. But this one I have heard, and I know you've heard as well, and that's Josh Donaldson from the Twins. Um, and this will be good because, you know, you're basically third in command, fourth in command over there already in Milwaukee. So. <laughs> I wish. Do you need Josh Donaldson? 
Uh, well, we need some help at the corner infield uh, spots. We need we need some power in our lineup. We need some boost, and you know the bringer of rain has that. He does. I mean, we're talking uh, former MVP here. Yeah, absolutely. Thirty plus homer potential. He's already got what fifteen on the season. Fifteen on the season. Thirty-five yeah, years old. A, Thirty-five years old. Yeah, get him playing in American Family Field could could push that to forty. He no, likes to win. Not, I know he wants to win, so he's gonna he'll he'll be out yeah. there for you. Um, and you get him for what? Uh, two more years after this? Uh, two and a half plus. There's a club option for 2024. Yeah. So this this isn't gonna be a light return like you're gonna have to pay a little bit for him i would imagine uh that contract though there's uh, potentially 66 and a half million mm. uh left that, that's still to be paid for it if they decline the option it's 58 and a half we can uh, so that's a lot of money um so i think that's going to eat into the prospect return i could see the twins throwing in some money to cover this yeah all right so, we'll, so so we gotta we gotta, we gotta kind of decide here because that's going to determine the prospect return yeah how we'll much throw in, money we'll throw are the in, twins well, kicking in on this it, deal yeah i don't know what you do first you you talk about the prospects and then how much money will kick in or we talk we start with the the money being kicked in uh i i think we got to start with the money because the money will determine what they get for prospects wise like if the twins don't kick in any money on this right but second of all the prospects you get are not going to be good because then it's just a salary dump for the twins so what's you might highest, be able to get, get a low prospect? level arm or two but what's the highest you're not prospect? getting much what's the highest prospect you'd give if the twins didn't kick in anything the highest prospect if they didn't kick in anything mm-hmm. oh. would you give up terrain um, terrain to pay for 60 million dollars of a 35 year old corner infielder no okay what how I, was, I was thinking more like a, um, like a Thomas Dillard or a Jesus Parra or something maybe at most. Let me see the. Okay, so, um, I just wanted okay four years ninety two yeah it's a big, big contract. All right, so yeah. they got they got to throw in thirty million or so. Yeah. All right, so we're we're gonna have thirty million on this. Let's say thirty. Yeah. So about about half the half I mean, the money. They, yeah, if they were willing to pay him that much, I can't imagine that like they want to dump him. So they they can send some of the salary. So thirty million, I think, is a nice chunk. So now where were we at? That's not gonna get the top two guys. Right. Not right. gonna. It's still. Yeah, it, it's not gonna get especially with what. Um, Donaldson is now uh, that's not going to get a Garrett Mitchell, a Bryce Terang or a Hedbert Perez or anything like that. Hmm. Terang makes um, a lot of sense for the twins. I bet. I wonder if they would kick in more to get Terang. I, I just, I just don't see that being a, being a fit, being a, being a look for this. Um, I can look to someone like Freddie Zamora, another shortstop prospect, maybe a little bit further away. Um, but uh, another really, really solid, really good hitter. Yeah. Okay. So I was thinking. All right. All right. So let's Zamora start support. this off with Zamora. Okay. So then I would want an arm as well. Who do you want? Um. Your arms are either. Too low or too high? There's nobody in the middle. Who's in the middle that you would you would think? Because mm. obviously you're not getting the top arms. Right. Uh, right. So who's um, in the, who's in that middle tier? Well, that's where um, you could look to a guy like uh, Dylan File or, or Alec Bettinger. They could be back at the rotation arms. Yeah. What, about um, Justin what? Justin Bullock. Justin Bullock. Yeah, that he's nice. he's been having a what? That seems like a good, um, a good arm. It, it's it's a very under the radar um guy. Mm-hmm. Bullock Zamora in thirty million. That sounds still sounds slightly light. So you'd have to, I think, maybe another lower guy, a lower flyer. Yeah. Um. Bullock Zamora and maybe. 
when he, when he pulled me last year. I think Bettinger makes sense then too. If you can throw Bettinger, Bullock, yeah. Mora, and we'll kick in thirty million, that seems good. Yeah, yeah. Sounds that sounds good to me. Write it up, write it up. I think the Twins would would do that. I think the money really influences that trade uh, a lot, <laughs> a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for for half that money going in, um, I, I think that's something that the Brewers would do. Yeah. All right, let's end with one more here. Um, I'll be the Padres. You be the Twins now. All right. We are going to try to get. And we're just giving the Twins all the prospects. Yeah, well, they're, they're one of the the obvious sellers, right? There's not a lot of obvious sellers. Right, right. Um, twins are one of them. And um, I am happen to be the Padres guy here, so I think this one makes sense. So, uh, hey, uh, Minnesota, we would like to get Jose Barrios. Essentially, you can have anybody you want besides Robert. Uh, okay, I'm going to say it. Besides Hassel and besides Abrams. Besides Hassel, besides Abrams? Yeah, and I did not say Gore. Yeah, so can we have Mackenzie Gore? We can do straight up Gore for Barrios. Nobody else. Ooh. Man, a a one for one. I just don't see that as, as a realistic thing. I actually would agree with you normally, but in this situation, the Padres system, like, if you go for quantity here, you're just getting like random guys. I mean, yeah, they they already they already dealt out a lot of the depth. Yeah, you're um, not like you want to go down to our fifth, sixth, seventh prospect. It's the same as number thirty. Like it's not a a huge gap. So, and yeah. I can't see the Padres adding more to Gore. I don't know if Gore is the the guy that they want to 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 give away, but I'm ready to give him away for Barrios. Yeah, I mean if. I think for the Twins, if they could get Gore for Barrios, I think as long as they still believe he can be a starter um, and be, you know, a frontline starter like he was always thought to be, um, then that's then that's a great deal for them. Um, yeah, I'm just not sure right now, based on the way that he's trending, uh, if that's the right uh, situation. Yeah. Is he for still you, hurt right now, or has he just been taken off the the field? Uh, he, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that that wasn't a yes or no question. <laughs> but that's what I would would say. I mean, I, I honestly, I think, like I've said before, that something mechanically is wrong with him, whether that be an injury or, or mental or whatever. Um, and basically what's happened is that they're um, they're not pitching him at AAA anymore. And then he's kind of working on things on the instructional. League so basically, right he's he's in the Padres version of the pitching lab right now. Yeah, in in essence, I believe it's probably okay, so, so. They've taken him off the field completely. He's still he's only pitching, has six like starts hurt. and twenty innings on the season. He's not hurt though. It's not like he's having Tommy John right now. I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised. Right. That, that, that's what I mean he's by taking off the field completely. Yes. Yes. But in, not in that not case. Either. God, I don't think they could trade him. I don't even think the Twins would would, would take him. Um. Okay, so we can have like a hypothetical as, you know, okay, one deal, if if this is something that uh, would be able to happen, they can go with that. But as a backup deal, okay, sure. we should probably look at something else. Yeah, because uh, now looking at it, because Berrios, you get a year and a half in these free agents. So I think if if the if they got Gore, I think they'd have to, the Twins would have to pull that trigger. But like you said, the, the one-on-one deal is, is pretty rare. Yeah. So if Gore is off the table, then I mean honestly, anybody else would be fine. Yeah. Okay. So. And I don't um, think then for the Twins trying to. I feel like the Twins are going to be trying to reload um, relatively quickly, yes, so they want someone a little bit closer. Agree. Reggie Lawson's not having a strong season right now. Um, but. Yeah, maybe then they would have to go with a guy like uh, Justin Lange. Um, He's not close though. I mean, if you if you yeah. want, if you want to stick yeah. to that, like Lawson's closer, but he's not having a strong season. Yeah, um, Lawson is is uh, coming out um, recovering from injury, so like the results I wouldn't worry about. So the talent is is there. So he he makes sense as a guy. Um, if you want guys close to the big leagues. Um, I mean, Capozano 
comes to mind as a guy that the Twins could be interested in. I think uh, Jorge Ona, who made his debut last year, is also um, interesting. Um, I think that's in terms of like the (laughs) ready to go now. It you could go for um, maybe one of the draft picks they had too. They had a they had. I I don't think you can trade the draft picks until after uh, the season. We could do whatever we want. (laughs) Player to be named later, right? All right. But Um, but honestly, yeah, I I think. Yeah, I think Capisano um, would work uh, pretty well as a yeah as a headliner then. Yeah, I think you know what that makes perfect sense. They don't need him right now for their run. I don't think they're ready to trust him. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you got Nola still. Like you, you got uh, Caratini. Like you're you're really kind of set at the big league catching. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Campuzano and then Justin Lange, I think, is uh, is something that. I would do, and I could see them doing. Yeah, for sure. But nobody else, it, it would be, that would be like, you know, down in my 40, 50 range, maybe. Yeah, it, you know, yeah. some other low-level throw-in. Yeah, because I'm very I'm very high on Lange. I think he's going to be a good yeah. one. And be a yeah. lake backer, you know? Yeah, yeah some, sure. I don't know why they would want him, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know either, but. Yeah. Uh, it's a fun name. The essential thing to take away from this is I don't think Abrams are, ha- I, I, you know what they I could see them dealing hassle, but I wouldn't. But obviously the front office doesn't listen to me in San Diego, otherwise they'd still have Hudson Head. But either way, <laughs> um, that's gonna do it for us. It's exciting time. This trade deadline should be pretty interesting. We'll have a lot of deals I'm assuming to talk about next week, so tune in here to Futures Focus. A Prospects podcast brought to you by Prospects 1500. And you'll hear all the information you need to know about the new prospects heading to your team or even the prospects that were leaving your team if your team is lucky enough to be in it still. So, uh, again, thank you for all the support, the listening, the downloads. Check out the website. we got top 50 lists coming up um, from every major league team. So you want to check out all those updates. We're going to have more guests moving forward. But for now, enjoy the trade deadline. Hopefully you, your team doesn't trade away your Hudson head and you're, uh, you guys are all happy. So we'll see you next week. Alex Sanchez, David Jasper, signing off.